We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It is Wednesday. That means it is time for the midweek rundown for Notre Dame. It's not a bye week anymore, so we're kind of back on track talking about the the next Notre Dame football game, and that's what we're going to dive into today. Obviously, Notre Dame takes on Pitt this Saturday afternoon, 3.30 game. Irish Breakdown will be there, obviously, covering the game. But before the game, we're going to have an Irish Breakdown uh, tailgate. We will have more details on that as we get closer. Probably start around 11-ish is probably when we'll get started on Saturday. So be if you're in town, be ready for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to, to, uh, to having some fun and meeting some of y'all, seeing some of y'all again. So that'll be a blast. But uh, Notre Dame kicks off its big final stretch against Pitt on Saturday. And it's been a very interesting, you know, if you break the season into thirds, look at the first third of the season, Notre Dame was dominating teams. I think the margin of victory is like 46 to like 10, something along those lines, the first four games. Last four games have been a much more of a struggle. You had a loss to a tight loss to Ohio State, a loss to Louisville. You had a very tight last second win over Duke. And then, of course, you had the blowout win over USC. Now you enter kind of the third stretch of the season, the third quarter of the season. It's not really a quarter uh, because the the final third of the season. And Notre Dame enters a situation, you know, we've talked about it a lot the last couple of weeks. You know, this is a big, a big time for Notre Dame. And so what we'll do today is just kind of talk a little bit about, you know, kind of what we're going to learn about Notre Dame one way or the other, what we need to see from Notre Dame. Now, we've not, we need to see we've done a lot of, but kind of what, what we're going to learn, why this period is so important. You know, we've talked a lot about what we need to learn. We'll talk about why this period is so, so important. You know, what, what we will learn about Notre Dame one way or the other. Then we'll dive into the matchups that matter. We'll dive into, you know, how Notre Dame stacks up against Pitt on paper, talk about, you know, who these two teams are, and then we'll dive, we'll spend, you know, time on one specific matchup on each side of the ball that I think is going to have the biggest impact on this game. So we'll dive into that, both sides of the ball, and then we'll st- we'll wrap things up with a bit of a, a step-up period. And we'll talk about some some players and a coach that really need to step up in this final this final stretch of the season. 
and and uh, we'll kind of see where time is at that point in time. If if we have some time at the end, you know, I'll dive into a little bit of a, you know, I may dive into a little bit of a kind of previewing the games from this weekend. But I'm, I'm I'm as of right now, my prediction would be that we won't we won't get into that. But we're going to at least talk about the first three things for sure. And uh, so let's begin. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And we talk, we've talked a lot about the importance of this stretch for Notre Dame. And and, and I want to make sure that we're not having a, a hyperbolic conversation about this and that we're really diving into, you know, why this stretch matters for Notre Dame and, and why it's an important period for Notre Dame. So I'm trying to get my 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 gear situated. All right, trying to do it all backwards. But you know, why is this an important period for Notre Dame? And, you know, it's just year two of Marcus Freeman's era. And and as I've said, I wrote after the Louisville loss, you know, Marcus Freeman is going to be defined by what happens after that loss to Louisville. We've only seen one game since then, certainly a a, a great start, right? But we're going to learn a lot about this football team over these next four weeks because, you you know, you had that game against Louisville, or I mean that against USC. You bounce back, you dominate USC, you go into the bye week, you come into these last five games, four games, and then you've got the postseason and you say, okay, now it's time to learn a lot about this football team. You know, we asked the question, will Marcus Freeman be someone who knows how to get his teams to finish strong? Because that's certainly something that we know that Pat Narduzzi has been able to do. As I've, as I've mentioned, the last three years, in November, Pitt only has one loss, and that was to a 
college football playoff team in, in Clemson and back in 2020. So they're, they're a team that finishes strong. Can Marcus Freeman have that as well? That's one thing we're going to learn, but there's a lot more at stake than just learning more about Marcus Freeman's football team and the kind of program that he's going to build at Notre Dame. And that's kind of what we're going to get dive into today is, at the beginning is, is, you know, why is this final stretch so important Notre Dame beyond just, Hey, got to go 10 and two, right? There's a lot more at stake than that. To begin, obviously we're going to learn a lot about Notre Dame and, and what this team is made of. They're playing inferior opponents in November. They're not playing for a playoff berth. What kind of leadership does this team have from a coaching level and a, and a, and a player level to say, Hey, we're going to go out there and we're going to, we're going to dominate. We're going to play our best football because we are playing for something. At the very least, we're playing for Notre Dame. And so we're going to learn a lot about that. But there's even more important things to it. Number one is postseason. You know, Notre Dame is playing for the postseason. Now, is that going to be a college football playoff berth? Highly unlikely. Here's the interesting thing, and I said this in the message board the other day. Notre Dame, the odds of Notre Dame playing for a playoff berth are like slim to none. Like That's not even remotely a concern right now heading into Pitt. Maybe heading into Stanford, if like utter chaos happens, maybe we're having a conversation about it, but the odds are unlikely. However, the thing that's going to be intriguing is when the first playoff rankings come out on Tuesday, I'd be willing to bet you a dollar that Notre Dame is going to be ranked higher than Ohio State was when the playoff rankings first came out in 2014. And if I remember correctly, Ohio State was ranked 16th at that time. Now, of course, that is a bit of an anomaly. That is not normally how things go. Most of the teams that get ranked are ranked much are, are much higher than that when they get to the college football playoff rankings. So, you know, the odds of Notre Dame getting there right now, especially with because there's still so many undefeated teams in in these leagues. And and so it's just going to be very hard. There's there's two undefeated teams in the Big Ten. There's an undefeated team in the Big 12. There's an undefeated team in the ACC. There's still an undefeated team in the Pac-12. There's a ton of one-loss teams. There's just a, a situation where it's just going to – it's just there's so much that would have to happen that it's just at this point it's just not really super worth discussing. But that doesn't mean that there's not a big – postseason opportunity in front of Notre Dame and right now Notre Dame needs to not only play for a, a really good postseason opportunity which I want to be a New Year's Six game but also building momentum going into that game so when you look at Notre Dame and we don't know who the opponent's going to be right and so it could be anyone from Air Force as the best group of five team to you know, it could be, you know, actually should be James Madison should be in that conversation, but they're not, you know, Air Force. I'm trying to think of who even is among the group of five that's even ranked at this point in time, or we didn't have a chance, but right now it's just kind of Air Force is, re is really it. But when you look at the group of five and, and, and it could be that kind of team in a New Year's six, perhaps. And at this point in time, I, I don't even care. I just, at this point, I just want to get that New Year's six game and get that win. But there's also an opportunity and at least a D Oh, two lane. That's the other one I was trying to think of. There's at least a decent opportunity that if Notre Dame gets into one of those New Year's six games, it's going to be against a, a, a big name opponent in Alabama and Oklahoma, Texas, a, a team like that. And it's just another opportunity for Notre Dame to go out and, and say, Hey, we're going to go out and perform well and get that big name victory, that big bowl victory, because Marcus Freeman is is still building his reputation. He's still building his brand. What kind of coach is he? I know the kids love playing for him. They they, they 
he's got a lot of swagger on the recruiting trail. Obviously, the success on the recruiting trail has, has been very strong for Notre Dame. But at the same time, you still have to ask yourself, <clears throat> at some point, he's going to start getting judged more and more and more on what his record is and the teams that he's defeated. And so obviously being 4-0 down the stretch greatly increases his record. Right now, Marcus Freeman is, uh, let's see, as a head coach, and I, I don't count the Fiesta Bowl. I know some people do. I, I don't. But his record is, since really becoming the full-time head coach, is going to be 15-6 and six right now. That's decent. You know, it, it's, it's, oh, it's better than what Lou Holtz was. Okay, yeah, but Lou Holtz walked into a different situation than Marcus Freeman walked into. And I, and even then, I, I don't think it's, I mean, Lou Holtz was what? At one point, thirteen and six before they lost their last three games of the two thousand and or nineteen eighty seven season. But it's this different situation. He walked into a different situation. Than Lou Holtz walked into so fifteen and six is solid. Run the table, and all of a sudden you're talking about nineteen and six. And then you go into a major bowl game. You're talking about and win that. You're talking about twenty and six, and we'll have won what five six straight games to end the season and you will have had chances to beat some big name opponents and that's really a big opportunity here when it talks about building momentum the next four games are going to build momentum and and here's what i mean by that ryan and i discussed this a little bit yesterday but it's one thing to win the next four games simply because you're just better than everybody that you play right that's one thing it's one thing to say hey you know, look, we beat Pitt, we beat Clemson, beat Wake, beat Stanford. They're not very good. We won the game. Winning's all that matters. Kind of, but not really. Again, process over results. If Notre Dame simply just outs talent, out talents the last four teams that they play, that doesn't necessarily put them in position to, to kind of have the momentum to be successful. What does it mean by momentum? I'm not talking about like the the emotional momentum. I'm talking about the execution momentum to where you're able to address the things that are that, that have caused your pro, your program to have some some issues. Uh, it's it's a it's a momentum in regard to, hey, we got to get our personnel right and get that group rolling. So hey, look, who is our receivers going to be? What's our running back? How are we going to use our running back room? How are we going to use this package on defense? How are we going to really utilize our D line? Is this who we are really going to be, or is this a USC Duke specific thing? All those type of things are building your team to start playing at its best going into that postseason. And so if you are able to get into a big New Year's Six Bowl against an Alabama, an LSU, an Oklahoma, a, a Michigan, a, an Ohio State, whoever that may be, and, and I don't have a clue who that's going to be at this point in time, but if it is a, a big-name opponent, or even if it's just a power five but not a big name, let's say you get a, you know, Florida would be a big name, but let's say you get, I don't know, uh Ole Miss, that's not considered a traditional big-time program. That's that's a possibility right now. Ole Miss is 6-1. and one. They've got a shot to be the second or third highest-ranked team in the SEC when it's all said and done, right? I mean, they've got a better record than Bama, even though Bama beat them head-to-head. But they've got a win over LSU. So if LSU beats Bama and, and Ole Miss runs out, wins out, Ole Miss will have beat LSU, and they'll win the SEC West and play in the SEC title game. There's a chance Notre Dame could play them in a New Year's Six game. Is that the kind of needle-moving win from a program you beat Alabama standpoint? No. But if you go into the SEC to a, a big a big bowl game, a New Year's Six game, and you beat an SEC team, it's a needle-moving win just from a big-picture standpoint. And that's really what Notre Dame needs to be preparing for, needs to be building for. And so just scraping by your next four teams just because you're better than them doesn't build that. 
So Notre Dame is needing to build some momentum. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Another aspect of, of what we're going to learn about Notre Dame is we need to find answers. Marcus Freeman needs to find answers. So we as fans are going to learn things about Marcus Freeman and the coaching staff, but Marcus Freeman also needs to learn things about the coaching staff. You know, so so if you look at Jared Parker and, and the offensive coaching staff, and and right now we're all, you know, dealing with the conversations about how he wasn't the guy and he's not, and he may not be. We don't know. That's the whole point. Because when you look at the offense and you break it down into thirds, the first four games of the season, Notre Dame averaged 46 points per game, 508.8 yards per game, and 8.3 yards per play, which is outstanding. The last four games, they've only averaged as a team 25.8 points per game. It's a little less than that as an offense because you've got a defensive touchdown. You've got a special teams touchdown. Only 320.3 yards per game and 5.3 yards per play. The lowest total of the first four games is 444 yards and 7.5 yards per play. The highest numbers of the last four games is 381 yards and 6.1 yards per play dramatic difference and so right now if and here's the point that i'm making is is if we reversed those results so let's say the first four games of the year jared parker's first four games the offense only averaged like 25.8 points per game 320.3 points per game 5.3 yards per play we'd all in september been like this is a terrible move by marcus freeman bad hire this is why you don't hire your friend, which is what you know I, I, I hear constantly and, and those type of things. And then all of a sudden, the last four games, the most recent four-game stretch, they were averaging 46 points per game, 508 yards per, per, uh, per game, and then 8.3 yards per play. We'd be saying, hey, you know, guy's found his rhythm. He's found his groove. He's kind of getting into the flow, and he's, he's turned it around, and maybe he might be the guy. But that's not reality. Having said that, can Jared Parker push the right buttons to get this offense back on track? That's a very important thing because uh, like in 2021, I was a little less praiseworthy of the offense because they put up numbers and yards, but it was against bad teams with bad defenses. Notre Dame doesn't play any good teams down the stretch. Clemson's right now, just sadly, not, a, not a good team. And I say sadly simply because it, it, it it's just going to be tougher for Notre Dame to get that, that's that statement went over a ranked team to to maybe make that surprising run as a two loss opponent into the postseason that's that's what I mean by that you know but at the same at the same time the reality is is those teams aren't very good because of their offenses now Stanford's just bad everywhere but if you look at Wake even Wake for example but if you look at Wake Clemson and Pitt 
know, they're all pretty decent defenses. You know, Pitt ranks 26 in college football in, in total defense. Clemson ranks seventh in total defense. Wake Forest ranks 62nd. But their scoring defense is, is is better than that. Their scoring defense this year is 46. They're actually only giving up 22 points per game, which is by far the best performance from a Wake Forest defense in recent years. They were 28.3 last year, 28.9 year before that, 32.8, 29.1, 33.3, 28.3. So 2016 is the last time the Wake Forest gave up less than 27, 28 points a game. They gave up 22.2. So their defense has been pretty good this year. The the reason that matters is because they're going to play some good defenses down the stretch. So when you look at Pitt, it's a quality defense. When you look at Clemson, that's a quality defense. When you look at Wake, that's a quality defense. And and Clemson's even above quality defense. So the offense is going to get tested much more than the the defense is. And Ryan and I broke this down yesterday when we talked about the offenses that Notre Dame is going to face. They're not going to face very good offenses. They should really dominate these next four teams because none of them are very good on offense. And and but that's not true of the of the Notre Dame offense. They're actually going to face some quality defenses. So if Jared Parker uh, is unable to to push the right buttons, and if the staff is able to un, unable to push the right buttons, then they're going to continue to struggle on offense. They're going to probably win at least three of the next four. Pro- probably win the next four, unless Clemson like wakes up all of a sudden. But you're not going to really feel great about that, but you're going to have an answer. And the answer is going to be after a good start, Jared Parker, the next eight games just couldn't get it done with a veteran offensive coordinator with a veteran quarterback, with a really good, you know, running back with a good tight end room with a good offense, you know, veteran offensive line for the most part, just couldn't, just couldn't get it done. And you're going to have your answer about whether or not Jared Parker's the guy. But Marcus Freeman also is going to get a chance, and we are going to get a chance to see if Jared Parker can be that guy. So if you look at the last four games, Notre Dame in three of those games played really good defenses and, and didn't play well. And and so, look, yeah, you got to do better against better teams. That's not an excuse. It's not just a justification. It's just a reality. You know, they, they played some very good defenses and at times struggled. Did what they needed to do to win in one of those games, but not the other. So if you look at the last four games, Notre Dame has played the number three scoring defense in the country, the number five scoring defense in the country, and then Louisville is the number 39 scoring defense in the country. And and you struggled in those games, right? And you scored below those teams scoring averages in, in two of those three games. So you did you or you, you you excuse me, you scored above those teams scoring averages in two of those three games, but it was barely. Ohio State's only given up 10 points a game. Notre Dame only scored 14. Duke's given up 13.9 points per game. Notre Dame only scored 21. Louisville's getting up 20.6. Notre Dame only scored 20. That's the one that they were below. So you look at it and say, yeah, they didn't they didn't play very good defenses, or they played really good defenses, and they didn't play very well. That's that's not okay. But you're still going to play quality defenses down the stretch. So if you can turn it around and start scoring a lot more points and being more efficient, being more explosive, get the offense back, then it may say, hey, you know, we, we may have something here. Let's see what he can do now with another full offseason and, and all those type of things. So we're going to learn that one way or the other. We're going to learn that answer to, uh, to, to about Jared Parker. That's going to also tell us a little bit about Joe Rudolph. It's going to tell us a little bit about Cancy um, Stuckey. You know, can he get this receiving core back on track? They're healthy now, so no more injury excuses. You know, it's time to get this group back on track. It, it's going to tell us about a lot of these coaches, to be honest with you. It's going to tell us a little bit about Marta Biagi down the stretch, although, you know, 
that's a little bit of a different conversation. But, you know, these coaches that are in their first year, some of them have been up and down. We're going to learn a lot about them down the stretch. We're also going to find out some – we're going to have some questions answered or some questions arise or have some answered about personnel down the stretch, you know. So you're going to get into some things of, okay, you, you've just said, hey, we're riding with Pat Coogan and Rocco Spindler or guard. That's the decision the coach has made. I don't agree with it, but that's not really the conversation. We're going to find out if they are correct or not in making those moves. But more importantly, how those guys play is going to tell us a lot about who this team is going into the offseason. So, you know, if 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 – Pat Coogan and Rocco Spindler struggle down the stretch, then they say, hey, open competition at guard, no no doubt about it. If those guys play really well down the stretch, then you say, hey, look, good decision by Joe Rudolph to stick with those guys. The offensive line is finally getting going, and now there may be a position battle in the spring, but you know there's in- strong incumbents now that are going to be hard to beat out. That's an example. Wide receiver. Okay, you've had some freshmen now stepping into the starting lineup, playing a lot more more snaps do they then take advantage down the stretch say hey you know we've passed those guys up we're better than they are and we're that guy or do some of the veterans step up and say okay i've been injured or i haven't been playing well but now's my chance to go out there and shine and and i'm going to be part of this there's guys that are going to have to step up down the stretch at wide receiver for example to say hey Notre Dame in january so we're now you know november december in three months in less than three months you know cam williams is going to be showing up Micah Gilbert's going to be showing up, right? Those guys are going to say, hey, I'm going to have something to say about who's playing a receiver next year. So the, some of these receivers in the roster have a chance to, hey, I need to position my – this shouldn't be in their heads, but this is kind of how, what we're going to learn and what the coaches are going to learn. I don't want the players worrying about this, but this is going to be in the back of the mind of the coaches and, and us as fans is, okay, well, you know, I had high hopes for Tobias Merriweather. Does he step up at any point in time or not? If he doesn't, let me say, hey, may, maybe he's just not that guy. If he does, you say, okay, now you go into the offseason feeling really good, like the light finally went on for him. You know, how does Chris Tyree finish the season? That's going to determine a lot about kind of what he's going to do or what you're going to do. So there's a lot of these things at, at different positions where, and not even just in games, but in the last four weeks of, of preparation, last five weeks of preparation, because you have the bye week in the middle of that, you know, what young guy, because every year we hear about this, like some, the light went on for some young kid down the stretch, and boy, we're expecting big things. One position I'm looking at and what I'm going to be asking about with my sources throughout the next month is, how's Kenny Minchie doing? And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have that intel piece up later tonight, but hearing some good things, but how has he finished the, the last four games? You know, how does he play down the stretch? I'm hearing his confidence is raised. He's playing better. How does he do down the stretch? That's going to determine or have a fact play a role in. Okay, do you need to go to the portal for another dude or not, or another starter or not? So there's a lot of these things that kind of go into these last four games, last five weeks, four games that are going to have an impact about how you feel your team is performing and how certain players are performing that are going to then dictate decisions that you as a staff make in December and January when you start looking at the portal. And so that's a big part of what of what is going to be at stake in this last uh, four games as well. Last two things before we dive into the, the pit matchup is number one is NFL decisions are going to be impacted greatly by what we see the next four weeks, as will fifth and six year options are going to be impacted a lot by what we see the next uh, five, six weeks or f- uh, four to five weeks or games, four games, five weeks. Here's what I mean by that. There are certain players that maybe right now are thinking about going pro that whatever happens in the next four months may impact that positively. Hey, you know what? It's time to go. 
it may impact it from standpoint of like, you know what, I'm, I'm just not ready yet. I'm not getting the feedback yet. My film down the stretch was, was not as good or was really good. And I'm just still not getting the love from the next level. So I got an, I'm going to come back for another year. How guys finish seasons always has an impact on, on their decisions to go. Sometimes it's not the right decision because they're, they're, they're kind of maybe overplaying how they, you know, or over, um, trying to think of the, the way to put this, but, but they're kind of asking themselves or saying to themselves, Hey, I played great. And eventually they're going to, they're going to figure it out when in reality, no, you're not going to really rise. And some, some do though. So NFL decisions are going to be made. How certain guys perform down the stretch is going to have an impact on what decisions the coaches make in regard to fifth and sixth year seniors, which then has an impact on the portal because you have to decide, Hey, we have three spots. For example, I'm just making a point. Do we use those three spots to bring back two fifth-year seniors or sixth-year seniors, and then we're going to get a portal guy? Do we say, hey, it's time to move on. We've got some younger guys at your position, and we need to use that spot for a portal position. And how guys perform down the stretch is going to have a big say in that. You know, how how guys perform, not just the starters, but guys behind them. So just for example, you know, how Jalen Sneed and Drake Bowen and Jaden Osbury, Nolan Ziegler perform over the next month on whether it's on scout team, whether it's as backup linebackers getting number two reps, whether it's on special teams, could have an impact on who the Notre Dame coaching staff com- decides to bring back. It's not just how does Maris play, how does JT play, how does Jack play. And that's true in a lot of positions. And, and so there's a lot at stake in that regard. And then finally, recruiting momentum. How well Notre Dame plays will continue to have an impact on recruiting. How big of one, that's debatable but it will have an impact. And, and so when you look at that, that's another big finale where if Notre Dame goes down the stretch and just whips their next four opponents, and they honestly, they should, they, they have to earn it, but they should, it, is you got to go down the next four weeks and just really handle your business and say, boy, you guys are really playing at a high level. Notre Dame's offense is rolling. The defense is rolling. There's a lot of different things as to why they just look good. That's going to impact recruiting positively. And so that's a final piece of, of what of what we are going to learn about this football team and what's at stake for this football team over the final four games, final five weeks with the bye in the middle. And it's going to have a lot of it's going to have a big impact on what Notre Dame does in the postseason as a team what decisions are made in the postseason, and then just the momentum and the vibes and the feeling that we have about this program heading into the 2024 season. 